Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, and happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 22nd. In the year of our Lord, 2021, this is our one of two and our goal always to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide and absolutely we're convinced. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, one of the great peaceful incredible solutions we have at our fingertips today as you know we reject revolution we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth welcome to the broadcast hope you all had an absolutely delightful weekend as i did and uh, man there's so much going on in the news it's shocking it is a thanksgiving what do you want to call it it's not eve it's a thanksgiving week i'm celebrating thanksgiving all week ladies and gentlemen I am grateful for it. And you know what? There's a big to-do in the news right now about how, you know what, <laughs> the the Thanksgiving holiday isn't as it's taught in government schools. Are you surprised? <laughs> and they say it's not reality. Um, you know, we didn't just get along and hang out with the Indians and have a fantastic time and everybody was just celebrating religious freedom and it was all peaceful and happy and cheerful. And no, that's not the way it happened. We were hostile to the Indians. We about starved. We had internal fighting. It was just a disaster, and it was all rooted in slavery. That's what they want you to, to, to know in the mainstream press, okay? I submit to you both are not accurate, or I should say neither are accurate. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, we did have a very difficult time coming to the promised land. We had a difficult time getting here. We did not get along with the Indians. They were fearful of us. We were fearful of them because of language barriers. Uh, they felt like we were encroaching on their land, which we were. Uh, they uh, and we both misunderstood one another and our intentions and our way of life and our expectations. Uh, and you know what? Along the way, it's been a bumpy ride in America. There's been mistakes of how we've treated the Indians. There's been mistakes of how we've treated the blacks. There's been mistakes how we've treated the Mormons, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's been a lot of snafus along the way for sure, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be very clear and acknowledge that openly and clearly, shall we? But let's also not lose sight of the truth. The truth is America brought a unique form of government called a constitutional republic to the table. Never been tried before in the history of the world. Based on the Bible based on God Almighty and his laws. And let's be clear, there's human stumbles along the way, no doubt about it, and they should be acknowledged. Uh, the worst of them should never be repeated. But let's be very clear, in the real picture, the real summation, honest, open history says, yeah, it's been a rough road in many ways. Yes, there's been mistakes, but on the whole, it's been the most incredible experiment man has ever tried. It has been an acknowledgement that when you turn to God, he will bless us indeed. It's been a reality check about the proper role of government, about the Constitution, uh, about liberty, about checks and balances. It has been a tremendous 
tremendous solution. We've had more freedom for more people in the history of the world via the United States and the Constitution and the grand old experiment of the wonderful efforts of the Founding Fathers. That experiment has proven successful. And that reality check now has brought more liberty to more people in the history of the world than anywhere ever. And even with America's mistakes along the way, people are not leaving this country. People are begging to come here for a reason. So even though, you know what, the whitewashed reality of Thanksgiving is probably not factually actual truth, neither is the we're all enemies and we're all, you know, (laughs) slaveholders and evil and just, you know, horrible people. Neither of those narratives are true. The truth is we've had a bumpy road. But the truth is that every group that's come to America, no matter how they got here, no matter how they've been treated while they were here, has been blessed by the greatest country on the face of the earth based on godly principles, checks and balances, accepting that government's necessary but limiting it to its proper function and role by dividing power vertically, horizontally, through the three branches, everywhere. Checks and balances, dual sovereignties, whatever term you want to use to limit power. Okay? America is a wonderful place. I am thankful, and I celebrate this Thanksgiving week all week long because I understand that, yeah, there's been a bumpy road here. And if you say, well, Sam, you can say that because you're not one of those abused groups. You know, you're not an Indian or a Native American. I don't know how Native I am. I was born here, and so were my parents. I don't know how Native you got to be, right? Um, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints were the most abused of any group ever to hit American soil. Yeah, there was literally an extermination order by Governor Boggs of Missouri, literally an an extermination order to kill all men, women, and children. You can't tell me that's been uh, unleashed on any of the American, whatever you want to call it, people, African-Americans, Native Americans, any other group, you can't say that that kind of abuse. We even went to the President of the United States in the 1800s and said, please help us. And Martin Van Buren, the President of the United States, said, your cause is just, but I can do nothing for you. Imagine that. An extermination order by one state governor. The President of the United States says, your cause is just, but I can do nothing for you. And then to add insult to injury, other states kicked the Mormons out, kicked the Mormons out, kicked the Mormons out. As the Mormons were fleeing to the Rocky Mountains for safety, then the United States government comes and begs them to come back and help them fight the Mexican War. Which the humble Americans, who were Mormons, who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, humbly said, yes, we'll help you. Because they understood that even though there's abuses along the way, America brought more blessings, more liberty, more freedom, more religious freedom to anybody ever, anywhere. And that's why when they tell you we're anti-government, they absolutely lie to you. We are the pro, most pro-proper role of government, the most pro-constitutional Americans on the planet. And so I, for one, defend America. I know about her mistakes and her missteps. I get it, and I'm saddened by those. But I also look at the picture on the whole and say, what a blessed country that's provided more freedom than anywhere, ever, okay, to black people especially to Native Americans especially, to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints especially. We were just kicked out of the country and had to wait a long time to become a state. But in any other atmosphere, we would have been crushed and stamped out completely. So let's think about Thanksgiving all week long. 
and what we're thankful for. I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for family, and I'm thankful for country. Lowell Nelson, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you for having me, Sam. Good to be with you. Man, there's so much to talk about. There's so little time. Um, I got so busy talking about Thanksgiving and how great of a country we have that I forgot to even do my normal recap of the previous day's show. But I want to quickly mention Gibraltar. I don't know if you know, but it's the most vaccinated region in the country. They've literally got 100% vaccinated, 40% boosted, and now they had to cancel Christmas because of the exponential rise of the cocoa in their country. It's a disaster. Uh, Any comment on Gibraltar real quick? Well, just like other countries that have fully vaccinated, well, have approached full vaccination of their people, that's where COVID uh, cases are the worst. I mean, that's where, uh, that's why people are saying that the uh, COVID vaccine is is deadlier than the uh, the COVID itself. I mean, so the so we just need to be careful. I mean, we uh, it's proving us right, Sam, that the vaccine is the bioweapon. And uh, we shouldn't um, allow it. We shouldn't touch it. Shouldn't be injected by it because we're just asking for trouble if we do. Yeah, they say Disney Cruises will require vaccination for passengers ages five and above starting in January. So they're literally cranking on the vaccines. Now, what I don't understand is they told you and I that they they had one vaccine passed where it's not really an emergency use vaccine anymore. They claim. But what I don't understand is now they just released the booster shot, lull, and the FDA amended the emergency use authorization for the uh, Pfizer-Moderna COVID-19 vaccination boosters for all adults. But why do they have to do it under emergency authorization if we have a vaccine that's already approved? And why do we why do we have the booster if the vaccine is is uh, so so-called you know effective? Safe <laughs> you know, and effective, you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean it doesn't make any sense. So there's there's uh, there's something amiss here, very wrong, very wrong with it. And uh, I heard that. Uh, but anyway, I find that interesting though, especially this emergency use thing. They told us that it was approved. Now, how come people aren't getting the approved? All you got to do is the booster shots. From what I understand, are just a less amount or a lesser amount of the regular shots. Why not just use the approved vaccine? The answer is because they don't have it. It was all a big lie. A PSYOP, it was a game back then when they pretended it was approved. Nobody's getting the approved vaccines or boosters. Everybody's under emergency authorization. And I don't understand why, except for the fact that they lied. Now, the VARS analysis, by the way, there's some people saying there's over 150,000 Americans killed by COVID vaccines because they say the data was interpreted wrongly. Uh, That's kind of a scary scenario indeed. But I bring that up because, you know, you really got to, Think about this. Um, if you accept the normal uh, interpretation of the VARS data, it's about 30,000 deaths so far and growing. Others say it's 150,000. I don't know the truth. All I know is this. The safe and effective lie is out the window. The problem is they keep pushing for tyranny. We'll tell you about that coming up with Lowell Nelson right here on Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? 
Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, why have some of my seals are gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Take me to task, cause I don't want to wear a mask Or take a vaccine that could maybe make me die They got no scientific evidence to back that crap up All they do is feed us lie after lie That's why I will not comply well, Since back last March, I've had an achy, breaky heart Like old Billy Ray Cyrus Catching a case of the blues from the news around this damn coronavirus. Now they're telling us we gotta keep our chin divers up, even if we got the shot in the arm. But nobody's talking about exercise or eating food that's fresh grown from the farm. That's why I will not comply. Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to hard-hitting talk radio at your fingertips. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's out of control what's going on in the Republic today. Our founders will be turning over in their graves, but I'm still thankful on Thanksgiving. How about you? Yeah, that's Blind Joe's. I will not comply. It's a video. We got the audio going just for you. Compliments of Lowell Nelson doing a phenomenal job riding shotgun on the broadcast today. And, man, there's so much to talk about. Before we get to the diabolical digital ID stuff, though, I just want you to know Ron Paul wrote an incredible column exposing the Federal Reserve's failure. Uh, And we talked about that and talked about how that relates to the economy. Well, the House passes Biden's, quote, back better bill, uh, roughly $2 trillion with climate initiatives, all kinds of stuff that has nothing to do with infrastructure is headed to the Senate. Time will tell what's going to happen. But Ron Paul doing a phenomenal job calling out the reality check 
that we're spending ourselves to a, into oblivion. Believe it or not, 32 Republicans voted for Biden's infrastructure bill. Now, there's two kind of components to this thing. They're both disaster. Anyway, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we shall continue. Any comments on that, Lola? Really, Ron Paul, the only one, spe- well, I guess Rand is as well, speaking out boldly about, you know what, we're going to a budget a crisis where we're just spending ourselves into oblivion on this stuff. And Republicans are the ones that really tipped us over the edge to make it happen. Yeah, both both parties are at fault, Sam. Whether they're Republican or Democrat, there's only a handful of members of Congress who vote against these budget-busting, uh, deficit-creating bills. Uh, we are so far in debt, and uh, the, the deficit, the annual deficit, just gets bigger and bigger. And uh, they continue to spend. They just continue to to pour money into into to foolish things and uh, and and devalue the currency that's uh, in your bank account already. Um, they they just do it over and over. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, their political party, and um, and so uh, it just it, it just continues to get worse and worse. Like um, you know, an addict on uh, crack cocaine. They, they can't get away from it. They'll continue to spend until the dollar is worthless. And they're just making it more more and more worthless every year and with every passing year, Sam. I wish we could literally call a halt to that con game and the Republicans would do what's right. They're begging us to, you know, in 2022 and 2024, just get the Republicans back in power. But every time they appeal to us on a great campaign where we're like, yeah, let's get it done, and then they get there. And they betray us, just like they did right now. These uh, bills of Joe Biden, these out-of-control spending bills and everything, would not have passed if it wasn't for 32-plus Republicans jumping aboard uh, and backing Joe and the Democrats on this. So I don't mean to make it a partisan discussion. To me, it just shows they're all part of the swamp. There is a better answer, ladies and gentlemen. The whole thing is very diabolical between the deep state and we, the people, trying to stand for liberty and the Hegelian dialectic they use on us on a regular basis. Uh, but I'll tell you this, diabolical indeed, the digital ID will control your life, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, we didn't think much of this. We fought back digital ID back in the day years and years and years ago, and we thought we won, but they keep coming back, coming back, coming back, and the cocoa might just be the clincher, huh, Lowell? That is the current uh, reason why people are pushing for a digital ID everywhere, because it allows them to monitor, you know, the people, whether you've been vaccinated or not. Um, and because, uh, you know, if, if they can if they can answer that question, then they've got de facto this digital ID on everybody in the world. And uh, that's uh, they're going to control your life uh, by it. And, and one of the reasons I highlight this this morning, Sam, is just to help people understand that there are countries that have implemented digital ID already. And uh, I, I, we, we need to, to, to learn from their mistakes. We need not, you know, the lesson for us is to not go there. But uh, let me just tell you already that um, there is a a database in India uh, called Andahar that contains digital identification of more than one billion people on the planet, right? I mean, in India. It is the largest biometric digital ID system ever constructed, and it's employed right now in India. It's especially a de facto social credit system. It's sold to the public as the key access point to government services, 
but it also tracks users' geolocation, employment, and purchasing habits. So Indians who seek government assistance have no choice but to submit to this invasive surveillance if they want government services and assistance programs, such as food rations. So this is one of the reasons, Sam, why the government wants people to be dependent on them, because then they can force people to, um, to accept the digital ID. Uh, and, and there are glitches. Some of them are deadly glitches. For example, uh, death by starvation. There is a person in India named Etwalaya Devi, 67-year-old widow from the rural Indian state of Jakarthand. She might have passed without notice had it not been for part of a more widespread trend, like 1.3 billion people of her fellow Indians, Devi had been pushed to enroll in the biometric digital ID system in order to access public services, including her monthly allotment of 25 kilograms of rice. When her fingerprint failed to register with the shoddy system, Devi was denied her food ration. And through the course of the following three months in 2017, that's how long this system has been around, she was repeatedly refused food until she succumbed to hunger alone in her home. So that's just the first of three stories in this particular article about three uh, individuals in India who died from starvation because they had been on this, uh, this food rationing system, um, but uh, because of glitches and bugs in the system, they were denied sustenance uh, and, and, and died, right? And so these, these are just three of numerous deaths in rural India in 2017. Uh, these are problems that we will face, Sam, if we allow the implementation of such a system here in this country. And so, you yeah, know, and global... you know what? You see inklings of this right now, uh, Lowell. It's not mm-hmm. in your face as much as it, it, you know, it will be uh, if you go along the India and or the China path but you're already seeing this in america right now i'm shut down on twitter because i dared to report a news item that was reported in other mainstream press organizations and i reported what they were you know reporting and they said hey you're not allowed to report that misinformation donald trump all the way down to me have been shut down on some of these um quote social media sites thus my social credit score right now is uh you're turned off and so you know what they're turning off social credit scores they're turning off my ability to report now, but how long will it be until that dovetails into your paycheck or your social security check or your need for services of whatever kind they are or your bank account or your, okay, credit card companies have been shutting down conservatives. Bank accounts have been shutting down conservatives. Social media have been shutting down conservatives. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is where it all starts. And if you don't think it can happen in America, you are sadly deceived. This is incredibly diabolical, ladies and gentlemen. It will indeed control your life, okay? A digital ID system has been implemented in India, but we have a digital ID system in America. It's called the Social Security Card. Now they're going to team that up with your driver's license. They're all going digital. On the Social Security Card mixed with the driver's license eventually will be your COCO status. And if you're in the wrong status for COVID, unvaccinated in other words, hey, this guy's banned from social media because he reported the wrong stuff, they say. This guy's a political talk show host. Uh, this guy uh, is religious. He's a, he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints there. 
Uh, and you put all that together and this dossier on me comes to light where they're like, hey, this guy's an unsavory terrorist. Now, you say that's crazy, but they've already got a lot of it going in America from the shutdown on social media <clears throat> all the way through to a virtual national ID card via Social Security system to a, uh, I don't have a driver's license because I can't see and drive, but I have a, a, a state ID card. I have to have one, right? They've already got a diabolical or diabolical digital ID. They just haven't connected all the pieces of the database yet, but it's a coming. We'll talk about it more in a second with Lowell Nelson. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Today our community faced horror and tragedy in what should have been a community celebration. I'm deeply saddened to know that so many in our community went to a parade but ended up dealing with injury and heartache. In what appears to be an intentional act, a person drove an SUV into a parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, Sunday afternoon. Mayor Sean Riley went on to say that this was a senseless act. Waukesha Police Chief Dan Thompson. We're no longer looking for a suspect vehicle. We do have a person of interest in custody at the moment, but this is still a very fluid investigation. A handful of souls have died and over three dozen injured. This year's Thanksgiving won't be immune to the supply chain issues, but no need to worry. Butterball CEO Chairman Jay John Train says the only turkey compromise families might have to make this year is buying a bigger bird than they actually need. USA Radio News. America is built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty HealthShare brings that to health care. The liberty of choosing your own doctor. The liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty HealthShare makes health care affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to LightYourLiberty.com. That's LightYourLiberty.com. Big news from Simply Safe Home Security. Okay, okay. Actually, I think the horns are too much. Yeah, that's better. Big news. The new wireless outdoor security camera is here. Yes, Simply Safe's award-winning home security just got even better, taking whole home protection to a whole new level. Okay, I'm I'm missing the horns. Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera with 50% off a new system this week. Visit simplysafe.com. A majority of Americans disapprove of President Biden's job performance. President Biden not faring well on race relations, the economy, immigration, or inflation. A new poll released Sunday by CBS News and YouGov found that only one-third of the surveyed approve of how President Biden has handled inflation. 82% of those surveyed said items are costing them more than they did just not long ago. Less than half of respondents approve of those other major issues. The president did get high marks in his handling of the coronavirus vaccine. The poll of just over 2,000 adults found that 44% approve of the president's job in office. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. The new movie by Sony Pictures, Ghostbusters Afterlife, racked up $44 million this weekend, exceeding expectations and unseating Disney's Eternals. The fourth installment in the spooky franchise was projected to gross 30 to $35 million in its opening weekend. The film was delayed by more than a year by the COVID-19 pandemic. USA Radio News. 
gentlemen we gotta stand up and be counted i know there's a couple of words in that song that aren't perfect but you know what i get i get the frustration right i get the frustration blind joe i guess got eliminated during the knockout round right yeah blind joe's a well-known country singer born on july 14th 1982 yeah 36 years old, famous country singer list. There you have it. Anyway, thought would bring that to your attention. Great, uh, great music. Lowell, do you want to comment on that video? There's a little bit of a vi- visual there too, right? Yeah, there's a little bit of visual there. Um, it, it's mostly just of him playing his guitar and singing. And um, But uh, the, the thing I like about it, Sam, is that it resonates. Uh, there's a lot of truth. In that uh, in that music video, and he has the courage to sing it out, and uh, and it resonates with uh, with with people. I mean, there are people all over this country that that share his sentiment and understand. Their eyes are open. They understand that uh, we're being fed lie after lie, and uh, and that's why you know we are not going to comply. We, we simply cannot, we must not stand because this is the last bastion of liberty. If, if, if it's extinguished here, it'll be gone everywhere. And we must simply, for the sake of our children, for the sake of our grandchildren, for the sake of all of our fellow brothers and sisters in other countries, we simply here in America must not comply in, in order to maintain this liberty for, their, for the sake of, of, uh, of our fellow men everywhere, Sam. All right, Blind Joe's video, by the way, I, I guess he was on season nine of The Voice and got knocked out in the knockout rounds, but there you have it. Uh, you know, I, I love people that are willing to sing for liberty. Uh, that takes guts. That takes uh, dedication. Most people get barbecued for it and lose their whole career, but there's a few people, uh, you know, Ted Nugent's one of them, uh, and now you got Blind Joe standing up. Blind Joe's I Will Not Comply video great stuff but really it's a diabolical situation about how digital id will indeed control your life and i know it's starting uh, in india but it uh, uh it's called the what well, the, database yeah yeah the one in india is called uh, a well, i don't know how to pronounce it but it's adhar <laughs> a-a-d-h-a-r adhar anyway database the thing is ladies and gentlemen this system is really a de facto social credit system like they've got in communist China. They've got it in India. They're working on it in America, though. They don't have all the dots and the I's, you know, dotted and the T's crossed and all that stuff yet on it. But they've got a lot of this in America, the social credit system starting with Facebook and Twitter banning us. You got the social security system, which is the national side. You got the driver's license, which they're adding more and more details to. You put that together with, well, it used to be you couldn't, access anybody's medical records but now with covid 
I, I guess you can. So you tie that together. You've got so much information on everybody's homes with Zillow. You, you put all these public and private databases together, and the dossier on every one of us is tremendous. All that I have to do is add the Facebook slash Twitter style shut you down, and you're done, conservative. We must not submit, Lowell. Well, it's also in Italy, Sam. Uh, mandatory vaccine passports are implemented for all workers, both public and private. Reports of inhumane exclusion are emerging there. An old woman, an old woman was turned away from a hospital because she didn't have a passport. It's in Lithuania, some of the harshest COVID shot mandates in the world. Well, there, the unvaccinated, they're banned from restaurants, from non-essential stores, from shopping malls, beauty services, libraries, banks, insurance agencies, universities, inpatient medical care, train travel. Um, it's terrible. There, uh, reported come, coming out of Lithuania says, "My wife and I are banished from society. We have no income. Banned from most shopping. Can barely exist. We tried to buy our supplies for our kids from a craft store. No purchase allowed without a pass. We tried to buy educational toys in the toy store. We were barred from entering. We can't buy kitchen supplies." This is banal but frustrating. Went on to finally say this pressure to submit is everywhere, and it's overwhelming. Our ability to survive has been destroyed, but no matter the suffering imposed and the hardships we must endure, we will never accept this descent into authoritarianism, which the COVID pass represents. It's everywhere, Sam, and it's coming to a country near you, and uh, the, the answer, though, is simply we must not comply. We will not comply. We cannot. Uh, uh, else, uh, we'll lose everything, Sam, if we give in to this uh, diabolical scheme. Sam? We must not submit. We must not comply. If we do, then our children and our grandchildren will grow up in a world without knowing what it's like to even be free, ladies and gentlemen. But there are people standing up. You're not alone. Even the Oklahoma National Guard is refusing the vax mandate, Lol. This is a great bit of news, Sam, because the, the governor there um, refuses to implement the Biden administration vaccine mandate. Now, now it was interesting because the adjutant general, uh, previous to the current one, he had directed troops to comply with the vaccine mandate. Well, he got replaced. Governor Kevin Stitt, uh, a Republican in that in that uh, in that state, um, replaced the Adjutant General who had who had mandated the vaccine. Replaced him with a new Commanding General who promptly issued an order rejecting it. <laughs> and so, in his memo, Brigadier General Thomas Mancino, the state's new National Guard commander said that personnel could sidestep the policy with no repercussions unless they were put on federal duty. And so it, 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 it's not like they're totally in the clear, but as long as they're under the state's commander, they don't have to comply. They don't have to get the vaccine. There's no mandate. They're not going to be, you know, expelled or, or kicked out without pay or whatever by refusing to get the vaccine mandate. Well, Richard yeah. Mack's case comes to mind here, ladies and gentlemen, as well, that the states have no obligation to comply with the feds 
uh, belligerent, out-of-control, unconstitutional mandates as well. One of the greatest Tenth Amendment decisions ever rendered in America today over the Brady Bill now applies here as well. Whereas the, Anthony Scalia talked about dual sovereignties in the states and the states uh, employees and or officials or whatever you want to say are under no jurisdictional authority whatsoever. That's really critical to understand, Lowell. It is, Sam. It's called the anti-commandeering um, doctrine where the, uh, the federal government may not uh, in, uh, co- coerce a state to do its bidding, right, to enforce its acts. Uh, it's, you can't commandeer the resources of the state to accomplish, you know, some act or statute or opinion of the general government. So it's, it's, a, it's an excellent, wonderful landmark case. And uh, we, we need more people like this Governor Kevin Stitz uh, in Oklahoma who appointed, who, 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 who basically fired one guy and, and appointed another guy who said, we're not going to obey this federal mandate here in Oklahoma. So if you are in Oklahoma, if you're serving in the National Guard in Oklahoma, this is really good news for you. And, and I, I, I hope this news spreads like wildfire across the country because we need other states to stand up and do the same thing. Oh, how I wish for a governor with the courage to stand up and do what this governor in Oklahoma did. Because, you know, there's something called Defend the Guard Act. I've talked about it before in this program. But basically, it's it's a state um, bill. West Virginia has run it for several years in a row now that protects members of the National Guard in the state from being compelled to serve in a foreign war without a congressional declaration of war. And so, the you know this 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 uh, cropped up in West Virginia, and the the Pentagon. They, the way they fight it is that they say, well, we're, we're not going to give funds to, um, to West Virginia troops, you know, specifically some, um, uh, you know, if the, if the Pentagon has that kind of control over the, the, the money that goes to a state, then a the state's going to be less likely to implement this, this type of a, of a thing. You know, but ladies guard, and but, gentlemen, we're seeing more people stand up. And hopefully we can start brush fires of freedom everywhere, and more and more and more will stand up and catch the vision. Oklahoma National Guard refusing to take the vaccines. We think more states need to follow suit. Ron DeSantis doing a great job. People are pushing back, and boy, howdy, do we need more of them. This is Liberty Roundtable Live with Lowell Nelson. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country, and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. 
The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Back with you live, Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org. Sam Bushman on your radio, breaking it down just for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there's so much going on. But you know what? They're putting together a system, not only in India, not only in China, not only all around the world, but in America as well, which will be a de facto social credit system. It's sold to the public as the key access point to government services, to safety, but it also tracks as your location, your purchasing habit, etc. Ladies and gentlemen, they're implementing it throughout the Western world as well, and it'll be a digital ID system that'll be a disaster if you don't go along. We must not submit. We must not comply. If we do, then our children and our grandchildren will indeed grow up in a world that, man, they won't even know what freedom is like. But people are pushing back. In Oklahoma, the National Guard pushing back, refusing to go along. More states need to follow suit. Um, But we've got to push back on this, ladies and gentlemen. The general government, by the way, cannot force all states and or all the people to comply. Why? Because it simply does not have the manpower to enforce its will on the people of the several states. Now, not only is it that, that they can't force us, they don't have enough manpower, but they really don't have jurisdictional authority either. And let's be very clear, when they pretend they have jurisdictional authority, when they try to assert by force that they have jurisdictional authority, and when we push back, it's they who have gone rogue. It isn't us that are practicing civil disobedience. It's they who have gone rogue, and it's our duty, our obligation, based on the checks and balances and based on the consent of the governed. We don't give consent. Okay, this is critical that we understand they're the ones that have gone rogue. We're not the ones that are involved in anything nefarious or anything else. It's they who have gone rogue that have caused these problems and jurisdictional battles. Lol. You're absolutely right, Sam, and that was clearly outlined uh, in Federalist uh, Number 46 by James Madison, the father of the Constitution, uh, who recognized that uh, general government would sometimes uh, color outside the lines, so to speak, and uh, do stuff that for which there was no warrant in the general in, in the Constitution, and so he gave us four things that we should do to oppose. The, the, the feds, when they overstepped their authority, just real simply, number one was disquietude of the people, right? Protests and petitions and so forth generated at the grassroots level. Number two was refusal to cooperate with officers of the union, which is basically non-compliance, right? That's blind Joe's song, we will not comply. And uh, number three, the frowns of the executive magistracy of the state, basically that's governors. 
right? Governors formally protesting federal action. That's what Governor Stitt did in Oklahoma. And then number four, legislative devices. These include resolutions and laws approved by state legislators that that um, that uh, erect barriers against this encroachment by the the uh, general government. So those are the four things. You can read it for yourself, folks. It's in Federalist Number 46. This this is what uh, uh, James Madison wrote right there, uh, and and uh, and he further elaborates in the Kentucky Resolutions and the Virginia Resolutions of 1798. This very thing, the way we stop federal overreach is these four things, disquietude of the people, refusal to cooperate, uh, governor uh, frowning on it, and legislative devices, you know, erecting the barriers against this encroachment. And uh, so that, th- th- this is our blueprint. This is, what, this is nullification. This is exactly how uh, Jefferson and Madison envisioned we would stop the overreach of the general government, Sam. Uh, in, in, in doing these things. We, we just need more of people doing these things, the local and state level, Sam. Now, to all of you who believe that we can't do that, you think, oh, my goodness, we don't want to be involved in civil disobedience or we don't want to, um, you know, border on insurrection or whatever. Okay, don't buy those lies. They're the ones that have gone rogue. And let me prove it to you. Um, Joe Biden tried to mandate vaccines for everybody, even in private business. And at first it was like, we're just going to do it for government. Then we're going to do it for everybody. Business is over 100 people. Then they enabled OSHA, saying OSHA can do whatever it wants to for the safety of the people. And then OSHA said, we're going to go probably move below 100 employees. We're going to really target small business. And then people got mad and sued. And the courts have literally said, stop. Uh, The courts have said, stop. And then they appealed. Joe Biden, in his hostility towards the jurisdictional realities and separations of power in America, Joe went belligerent and sued to try to appeal the halt. And a second court came back, even an appellate court came back and said, no, Joe, you're out of control. You're overreaching. This is suspended. And then OSHA got the message and finally backed off. Okay. But then Joe Biden literally in his administration is saying, ignore the courts. Businesses proceed. Ignore the courts. Don't obey. That's what your president if you accept him as your president, says right now, don't obey businesses. Ignore the courts. Ignore the OSHA halt. Ignore. Listen to me. I'm God, and you must comply. You must carry it forward. You must. Okay, Joe's out of control. Joe needs to be literally impeached and tried for high crimes and misdemeanors. How dare he say ignore the courts? How dare he try to force private businesses? And then we try to say, wait a minute. No, that's not lawful. That's not acceptable. We're going to stand up and uphold the law. And Joe says, ignore the law. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand this is where we must stand up. It's our duty. Otherwise, if a president can ignore the courts, can ignore the states, can ignore the will of the people, where do we end up? And I'm telling you, that line of thinking is not good. We are a nation of law and order. We are a nation of checks and balances. And Joe, just because he thinks he's the president, that doesn't mean that he has authority to do whatever he wants. This is very compelling to understand. We're reigning in tyranny is what we're doing. That's what the founding fathers envisioned when they put dual sovereignties, the states and the federal government, with different jurisdictional responsibilities based on we, the people, the consent of the governed. That's where the buck stops. Uh, and we need to assert ourselves in a very peaceful, kind, but insistent way that says, hey, 
Not on my watch. I think that's really critical to understand, Lowell. Well, I think you said it right, Sam, when you said that, uh, that you know, people look at us in rebellion, they think that any resistance to federal authority is re- rebellion, right? Well, what we need to recognize, what you said earlier, is that the true rebels here are the elected officials. It's the Joe Bidens. It's the federal bureaucrats. It's the OSHA uh, compliance officers, the functionaries in Washington, D.C., and their counterparts within the states, those are the ones who are re- refuse to respect the constitutional limits of their power. They're the real rebels. It's time for us, the people, and local and state jurisdictions to take on our proper role in this system and put down the, the, the rebellion. The rebellion is them. It's the tyrants seeking to enforce these unconstitutional mandates on us, the people. And so we have a duty, Sam. Uh, Jefferson and Madison were very clear about this, that the people have a duty to stand up and check the power of the general government. And we follow their blueprint in doing so. We are the ones who truly honor constitutional government. We are not the rebels. They are. Sam. Amen to that reality check. Now, we were at the Weekend Act Conference, and we covered it incredibly well. Lil Nelson was there, part of the solutions, running people to the airport, taking care of speakers, doing a phenomenal job. I was running a booth there. We covered the Weekend Act Conference incredibly well uh, several weeks ago. But you know what? While we were doing that, there were some good patriots, our dear friends, Ty and Charlene Bollinger, who have written books about the realities of cancer uh, and how to solve some of these problems uh, without you know, the standard practice of killing everybody along the way. Anyway, Ty and Charlene Bollinger hosted a conference on health and medical freedom in Nashville, Tennessee. A quick update on how that went. It was an incredible conference with over 2,000 people in attendance. Wow, it was almost like our conference. People are pushing back and fighting for freedom everywhere, Lowell. That's right, Sam. We didn't cover it because we were in the midst of the Weekend Act Conference here in, in the Intermountain West. But it truly was an awesome con- It was in Nashville, Tennessee. About 2,000 people attended. Uh, some of the big-name speakers that you might recognize, Judy Mikovits, uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, uh, Dell Bigtree from The High Wire, uh, Roger Stone, Eric Trump, uh, to name just a few. They had dozens of speakers, very much like we had at the We Can Act uh, conference, Liberty Conference in Salt Lake City. But uh, it's worth highlighting the fact that not, not only did they have a great conference, but uh, the, the speakers there echoed what uh, the speakers here at the, we, the, the Liberty Conference were saying. You know, Ty Bollinger, Bollinger noted the government should not dictate health and medical policy. He stressed that one, uh, people, people have a moral responsibility to disobey unlawful laws. You know, and that, that Sam, echoes what uh, I think it was Thomas Jefferson said, right? I mean, the obedience to, um, uh, or say, was a disobedience to tyrant is obedience to God, <laughs> right? And, and, and that's really what it comes down to. If we have a tyrant who is, is uh, pressing upon us, we have, a, we have a moral responsibility to disobey uh, tyrannical uh, law, right? And, and that, that's kind of what Ty was saying. He denounced the lucrative revolving door where someone can work for the FDA and then work for a, the, the, uh, the uh, vaccine manufacturer like Pfizer or, or Moderna, right? It's an incestuous relationship that the FDA has with these big pharma c- companies, um, not only FDA, but the WHO 
and the CDC and other organizations like that. Well, uh, Google whistleblower Zach uh, Voorhees uh, downloaded 950 pages of Google internal documents describing their censorship regime. Uh, he talked about that. Uh, Dr. Judy Mikovits was greeted as a hero. Standing ovation, Sam. Thunderous applause. Uh, she has emerged from her persecution by uh, Tony Fauci, as she refers to him, little Tony. <laughs> imprisonment and the loss of everything material, Sam. She lost everything. She was in jail for years, right? She emerged with unshakable faith and humility. She said this, Sam, quote, nothing they're telling you has a basis in truth, end of quote. Um, only people with compromised immune systems can get sick. And, and you look at that, you look at uh, the evidence of that, Sam. Look at all the sickness, sick people and that are coming in countries that are fully vaccinated, right? Those are the people who are in the hospitals today. Only sick people uh, are, I mean, only the people with compromised immune systems can get sick. And look at where all the sickness is coming from. It's coming from those who got the COVID vaccine or the boosters. Um, anyway, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny drew such a massive crowd that the fire marshal, Sam, ordered audience members who are standing in the back of the room to leave the room. <laughs> she said many people are addicted to fear, masks are a sign of servitude, and that you can detox from the COVID shots, but nothing can repair your DNA. She has said the announced boosters are just the beginning, that, and, and that Big Pharma has 109 shots in its pipeline. Listen to that, folks. Over 100 more shots in the pipeline from Big Pharma targeting at you if you comply with this then they've got a, over a hundred more shots in the pipeline you know coming for you sam and so boy do we ever need to speak out against uh, this and not comply sam pray hard work hard happy thanksgiving week to all of you celebrate all week would you please this is the greatest country on the face of the earth even with all the troubles that we seem to have there are answers, there are solutions, and we, the American people, have had tough times before, and we're a resilient bunch, so count on it in the future. Turn to God, turn to family, turn to country, and that's where you'll find real solutions. Thank you, Lowell. You're welcome, Sam. My pleasure. Always doing a phenomenal job. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, his website. God save the Republic of the United States of America. live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... The 22nd of November, in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country. Wow, we got a lot going on. Our first guest last hour, Lowell Nelson Campaign for Liberty, doing a phenomenal job. We are celebrating Thanksgiving all week long because I know there's trouble in America. And I know we've had trouble in the past. And 
I know that if you look at America negatively, you will see all kinds of problems because we're not a perfect people. But I submit to you and I maintain on the whole, America is the greatest country on the face of the earth. And I'm telling you right now, folks, more people have been blessed with the principles of freedom and liberty and freedom to worship and, uh, wow, freedom to move about, the list goes on and on, and than ever before in history. We provided liberty, ladies and gentlemen, and I know the road to uh, freedom for all of us has been tough. There's been some missteps, no question. Let's not deny those. But let's not focus on those and not look at the whole. The whole of it is America's incredible. People are coming, not leaving. They're begging to be here. Why? Because it's fantastic. Yes, we've made missteps. Let's acknowledge them so we don't repeat them. But let's not dwell on them. Let's celebrate and be thankful all week long. That's just what we do right here on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. It is about God, family, and country. It is about the protection of life, liberty, and property. It is about the checks and balances that made America great. It is about rejecting revolution and standing for peaceful restoration of America. Pete Sepp, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, sir, and welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Oh, happy Thanksgiving, Sam. Uh, so glad to hear that you had some of our good friends, our mutual friends from Campaign for Liberty on recently. Roger that. We have them on every Monday doing a phenomenal job on your radio. All we do is have incredible guests like you and Campaign for Liberty and all kinds of just tremendous people from uh, organization after organization really standing up for the principles of liberty. That's who we are and what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp happens to be the president of the National Taxpayers Union, NTU. Uh, NTU is the voice of America's taxpayers, ladies and gentlemen, mobilizing elected officials and citizens on behalf of tax relief and reform. It's a huge job over there at NTU.org. We're grateful for them and grateful for their partnership and involvement. Uh, Pete Sepp, there's so much going on in Washington, it's hard to break this down for a minute. So you've got the Build Back Better Act. You've got the, um, I don't know what you want to call it, the infrastructure bill. Uh, You've got a bill they just passed. It's hard to know what they're passing and what they're doing. They're huge bills, though, trillion-dollar-plus bills. But yet it's hard for Americans to even understand what bill we're passing, much less what the heck's in it, right? Yes, and it's just as hard to keep optimistic about the chances for taxpayers to push back against this bad legislation. After all, the so-called infrastructure bill, that's the BIF, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Framework, as they call it, that's been signed into law. That's $1.2 trillion worth of spending over a decade. There was some bipartisan support for it. Almost all of it is going to be tacked on to the national debt, which is racing past $29 trillion, will likely hit $30 trillion soon, and will go even higher because of that infrastructure package. Congress now, let's could be have clear, easily... that infrastructure package was just passed by the House and signed by the president recently. The Senate, though, what, passed it a couple months ago? Several months ago, actually. Several it's months hard ago, to believe. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to believe how quickly time has passed because I said the same thing to myself. Well, the Senate must have acted on that in uh, August or September. No, it was even earlier than that. The House like of June. Representatives... Yeah, yeah. And the House of Representatives leadership has been playing games, basically holding that bill hostage to try and get a vote on a $6 trillion 
social spending package. That's since been whittled down to $3.5 trillion, and now what the House just recently passed, the so-called Build Back Better Act, uh, clocks in at about $1.3 trillion of new federal spending. But there are gimmicks in that package that make it a lot more expensive than its advertised price tag. The point is we are whittling down these packages despite the gimmicks, and we stand a chance of defeating it entirely because the U.S. Senate gets its turn at voting on what the House just sent to them in that Build Back Better package. All right, so there's, there's BIF. What's that thing called, the infrastructure bill? Is that what we nickname it? Yes, they call it the BIF, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Framework. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, BIF or the infrastructure, whatever you want to call it. Now you got the Build Back Better Act. Um, $3.5 trillion. I know that's whittled down from their wants, but have we really spent that much with so much reckless abandon ever before? No, and the inflationary impact is actually starting to become a concern here. You know, I'll be honest, Sam, that there's not always – a direct straight-line connection between more federal spending and higher inflation. It can depend. History has shown that. But all the historical factors point to this new spending contributing to inflation in a big way. Number one, you're spending more money than ever has been spent before. You've got American Rescue Plan Act, CARES Act. You've got Build Back Better trying to get past the BIF that just passed, trillions of dollars that have just been either passed or proposed, and you're doing it in a very compressed time frame, barely the space of a year for most of these bills. And on top of that, there is no unpent demand among consumers. In other words, in the past, Keynesian economists have poured government money into the economy to get people to basically demand more goods and services, spend more, etc. It's already there. And so what the government is doing is pouring a gasoline on a fire. And even the Congressional Budget Office very recently said that all of this new federal spending is definitely a contributing factor to inflation. It's about to get a lot worse if we don't put the brakes on this Build Back Better plan. All right, so let me kind of make sure I understand this then, because I'm not very smart. This is confusing as I'll get out. Biden signs one-plus trillion-dollar infrastructure bill into law. That's already law. Yes. Build Back Better Act now waiting on the Senate, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and, and I want to really highlight that because it's very confusing uh, when they use these different terms for things, BIF and Build Back Better and uh, infrastructure and bipartisan and this and that and that. But what they're really doing is spending us into oblivion. Do you think we can stop the Senate on the Build Back Better Act, or do you think we're in trouble there too? I think we've got a good fighting chance. Now, a lot of media attention has been focused on two Democratic senators, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Kristen Sinema of Arizona. We have to remember there is currently a 50-50 tie between Republicans and Democrats in the U.S. Senate. Only Vice President Kamala Harris can break a tie if both political parties line up in total unity 
for or against a bill, and there are no crossovers. So the Democrats cannot afford to lose any, any defectors from their own party in the Senate on the Build Back Better bill. And both Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema have expressed grave reservations about the legislation. In fact, uh, they had said that uh, they wouldn't even tolerate any new spending at one point. Uh, the, the problem there is when push comes to shove, as we saw in the House of Representatives, some Democrats can lose their nerve and just go along with the party. And uh, we've got to make sure that there's at least one Democrat among the 50 in the Senate willing to say, no, the future of America is more important than any immediate political fortune of my own party. Now, in this first bill that already passed, um, I, I, are we going to call that one BIF, right? We'll call it BIF. <laughs> BIF. All right, BIF. Okay, that already passed, ladies and gentlemen. Understand this. The other bill coming up has not passed yet, and we have a fighting chance to stop it. But here's the point to remember. 32 Republicans literally backed the first spend. And so I hope we can get enough people to stop this other one. Uh, but you had a few Democrats support the rejection of these bills. But for the most part, the, de- the Republicans made it happen. Pete? Yes. Yes. Unfortunately so. And uh, we don't think that's going to happen this time around. There do not appear to be any Republicans among the 50 in the Senate who are willing to back this Build Back Better plan. Uh, that means it's all up to Democrats. If they get all 50 members of their caucus to vote for it, then Kamala Harris walks in and casts the tie-breaking vote. If they get one defection, no, uh, the bill dies. Well, and that's the hope, right? Yes, absolutely. And again, everyone is saying, well, it comes down to mansion and cinema. Not necessarily. There are a couple of other Democrats of a moderate bent in the Senate like uh, John Tester of Montana, for example, who might be persuaded with enough pressure from their constituents to say, you know, we spent far more than enough money already. Let's put the brakes on. Ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. Pete Sepp with us, president of National Taxpayer Union, NTU.org. We have a say. Let's make sure we exercise our involvement to make sure that we're clear on what we want and don't want. This is our country. Never forget it. Pete Sepp in seconds. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. 
Hey, Mom, Dad, Mark here. Wow, I love college, really. I never knew living on my own could be so uh, good for me. To change your message, press seven. So, here I am at college. It's cool. Well, of course, it's only been a week. To change your message. Hey, it's me. I was just remembering that time I hit my first home run. You know, through the garage window. Thanks for not being mad. No. To change. Hi. Boy, I miss you guys. I miss my room. I miss waking up to warm socks straight from the dryer. Warm socks? Family. Isn't it about time? Hi, it's Mark. Um, love you guys. Uh, I'll call you later. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Live, ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp with us, National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, doing a phenomenal job, as always, this Thanksgiving week. Be thankful, even though it seems rough. Be grateful for all that we have, ladies and gentlemen. Gratitude is one of the great keys uh, to cheerful people and, and, and focusing on what's important. But remember that it's our country, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that. Now, I think Biden's plan is a three-pronged spending plan. Is it not, Pete? Yes, it is. And... We have to remember, too, that these are not the only pair of bills that have been spending goo gobs of federal money over the past several uh, years. In fact, under Donald Trump, we had uh, the CARES Act, which was several trillion dollars. That was supposed to be the one and only bill to get us through this very, very deep recession in 2020 and the pandemic. Well, along comes 2021. We've got the American Rescue Plan Act. That passed earlier this year, several trillion dollars more. We just had the so-called BIF, another trillion or so. And now we're at Build Back Better. So this is a series of bills. Uh, fortunately, we've been whittling them down as they've gone through the legislative process. And while that may not seem like much, to paraphrase what you just said, Sam, we have to be grateful for the tools available to us to help at least shape policy in a less destructive direction. That's what we're doing here. Look at the fact that in the House, there was a plan to have snooping with the IRS into every person's bank account above a balance of $600. There would be new reporting requirements. And even House Democrats, two dozen of them, wrote to their leadership and said, you know what? The public pressure on us is just too much to support this, and that got kicked out of the bill. Liberty won a victory as a result. We've got to preserve victories like that, even though we're facing these horrible spending bills with some equally unappetizing taxes. We just keep plugging away every day and winning gradual, pragmatic changes that will preserve the republic for a time when pro-taxpayer public officials are back in charge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's be very clear for a second. They got all kinds of weird buzzwords and names and terms, and it's very complicated. But understand there's three main components to Joe's spending spree. All right, the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 already passed. How much money in general, Pete? Um, 
depending on how you score it, about $3 trillion. Okay, then you got the Biden signs, the one-plus trillion-dollar BIF, or infrastructure bill into law. That's over a billion, or over a trillion, I'm sorry. And now you've got the, quote, Build Back Better Act. That's the only one of the three that has not already passed, ladies and gentlemen. But between all of them, what are we talking about, Pete? I can't even understand the numbers hardly. Well, we're getting close to $5 trillion. Now, bear in mind that uh, the price tag for all of these things was north of 7 8 even $10 billion, depending on what window, uh, five years or 10 years of the plan you choose to analyze. So we're trying to push back. We're winning in spots. And that's all you can do at a point like this is to let the opposition know, hey, we are there. We're not going away. Unlike so many others in the political community, Republicans and Democrats who just say, well, we lost, we're walking away. We can't afford to do that as taxpayers. No matter what, the IRS is still going to be there. The federal government is still going to be spending money and taking it from you in the form of taxes. Your choice is to sit it all out and let it get worse or to stand up and do what you can to change the situation. Ladies and gentlemen, 29 plus trillion dollars in debt about to cross the 30 trillion dollar threshold, literally 5 trillion uh, between these three bills if we allow it to occur. We've already got close to 3 trillion plus 4 trillion spent. We're working on more. Uh, the American people need to stand up. Congress uh, seems to not listen to the people. Uh, Rand Paul tried to put a penny plan in place and save one penny out of a dollar. They laughed at him and mocked him and ignored it. Uh, this is what's going on with the deep swamp facing the rest of us, ladies and gentlemen. And you you feel like it's a lost cause, but we've got to keep fighting. And when you talk about the $30 trillion too, that doesn't even count all the unfunded liabilities that we have or the um, un, you know committed or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we haven't got funding for some of these things. They're just, quote, future unfunded promises. That is probably more than... Well, about $200 trillion, right, Pete? Oh, it does get above 100 easily. And the problem with that is, of course, you have folks like Bernie Sanders in the United States Senate saying, well, we should be expanding Social Security, not trying to just fix its finances. Well, we've been talking about fixing Social Security's finances since the days of Ross Perot that uh, independent candidate from Texas who ran for president back in 1992. That is almost 30 years ago now. And uh, nothing has changed, unfortunately. We've got to focus on preserving whatever social safety net we the people decide should exist rather than expanding it irresponsibly. Well, the bottom line is we either... uh ahead of the crisis or ahead of the collapse or the meltdown or whatever you want to say, ahead of the halt to the con game is the best way I can describe it. We have choices to make. But if we wait till the halt to the con game occurs, it won't be on our terms and we won't have choices. That's the reality, Pete. Yeah, exactly. You know, ask folks from Greece, for example, who didn't really appreciate the tipping point for their economy when they had borrowed so much that investors would no longer buy their government bonds at any kind of reasonable rate. You know, we can't allow that to happen to the United States. We can't just say, well, once we have the collapse, we'll just pick up the pieces 
and build something new, we'll never get our reputation back as one of the strongest, most stable economies in the world. We have our problems, but again, to be thankful here, we have solutions that can be easily applied if politicians will listen. We have tools as grassroots citizen activists to pressure them to do it. It is hard work. It is often characterized by failure, but I could also point to successes that give me faith that God has blessed this republic to allow us to save it and make it stronger if we're willing to put in the work. Sounds like a run of hoe, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds like it's beyond our ability to handle it. But you know what? We're the American people, and there's nobody more resilient on the planet uh, to deal with these kind of situations. It's a matter of insistence. It's a matter of don't get crazy. Don't be um, offensive. Just be insistent and persistent. And work on this, ladies and gentlemen, and show our displeasure. And really, if your congressman and or senator will not toe the line and rein in this out-of-control spending, then politely, peacefully use your ballot box to replace them with somebody who will. In the meantime, while they're there, we need to work with them as kindly and as directly and as clearly as we possibly can. And NTU.org is there to help you get that done, to provide you with facts uh, and information where you can uh, not just look foolish, but you can have the upper hand. Knowledge is power. And with that power comes peaceful involvement in saying, look, you work for me. They've already passed the American Rescue Act. They've already passed the big old infrastructure, Biff. I mean, it was like Biff, smack. We're getting beat up here. But you know what? When it comes to the Build Back Better Act, we're going to put the kibosh to that, ladies and gentlemen. Do we need infrastructure? Yes, we do. But most of this stuff is not really what we're told it is. There's big spending in so many areas that no one's even talking about that have real repercussions that will affect you in your daily life. Right, Pete? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And let's not forget the state and local level, too, where a lot of success and citizen energy can be put to problems like these. Back in uh, the 1990s in Colorado, there was an activist. Uh, he tried to get the Colorado Constitution amended to require voter approval for future tax hikes. It took him three times. He failed three times, but the voters rewarded him. And there's a, one of the best taxpayer protections in place in Colorado in the entire country. Same in California. The activists there, Howard Jarvis, they failed initially, but they didn't let themselves get put down by it. They kept coming back and back and back until the American people in their state said, you know what, this makes sense. We're going to go with it. And that's what it takes, persistence and dedication. One president says build back better. The other president says make America great. I say let's take America back. Uh, we, the people, as taxpayers, realize there's a legitimate proper role of government that does need funding. But they've literally abused their authority and power to the point where we must call a halt to their con game. And we must do it now so that we can have choices for future generations. Pete Sepp, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. We know you got a flight. God bless, sir. God bless you. Take care. There he goes. Pete Sepp doing a phenomenal job for National Taxpayers Union. He's the president of the wonderful organization we've been partnering with for more than a couple of decades. NTU.org. Get involved today. Pursuing liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. On another day that will live in infamy, November 22nd, 1963, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the 35th President of the United States, was assassinated while traveling through Dallas, Texas in an open-top convertible. WFFA reports in 1963. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You'll excuse the fact that I'm out of breath, but about 10 or 15 minutes ago, a tragic thing from all indications at this point has happened in the city of Dallas. Let me quote to you this. And I will, you'll excuse me if I am out of breath. A bulletin. This is from the United Press from Dallas. President Kennedy and Governor John Colony have been cut down by assassins' bullets in downtown Dallas. In other news, Waukesha, Wisconsin Police Chief Daniel Thompson said a person of interest is currently in custody, but stressed the investigation is very active. A person drove an SUV at a high rate of speed into a parade in the Milwaukee suburb Sunday afternoon. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Alaroot. John and Chelsea Jubilee with Energized Health are regular guests on my show, sharing their breakthrough science of intercellular hydration. They help people burn fat fast, supercharge their energy, boost their immune system, reverse ailments and disease with no painful exercises and no restrictive fat diets. I'm Exhibit A. I've been on the program for over a year now. During the first 88 days, I lost 25 pounds of inner body fat, and I gained 10 pounds of muscle. And I've never gained the fat or weight back. I look and feel great everywhere I go. People tell me I look 10 years younger. Don't just take my word for it. Go to EnergizedHealth.com and check out hundreds of amazing testimonials. Right now, John and Chelsea are giving my fans a special Christmas gift. Energized Health will pay for your spouse's transformation. Sign up before Christmas and your spouse is free. Go now to EnergizedHealth.com or call 888-444-8895. That's 888-444-8895 or EnergizedHealth.com. The federal government is continuing to push their COVID-19 vaccine booster shots onto the American people. Despite indications that immunity can wane, Dr. Anthony Fauci telling CNN State of the Union the time is now to get that booster shot. We know they're safe and we know they're highly effective in bringing very, very high up the optimization of your protection. So what does Thanksgiving amongst our loved ones look like? If you're vaccinated, and hopefully you'll be boosted too, and your family is, you can enjoy a typical Thanksgiving meal, Thanksgiving holiday with your family. There's no reason not to do that. The thing we are concerned about is the people who are not vaccinated. Fauci telling ABC's this week it's unclear if boosters will be needed annually. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. NASA is preparing to launch a spacecraft that will attempt to strike an asteroid to see how the crash affects the space object's path. The DART spacecraft is set to launch November 24th from Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk radio at your fingertips as we celebrate Thanksgiving all week long, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Pete Sepp just does a great job. Um, And I really don't know how to promote NTU more than we do. Uh, but they're just a great organization. We've worked with them for literally 20 years plus years a little more and and i'm telling you if there's a group that is hard-hitting enough to really get the job done 
but yet not so extreme that they're kind of out of the mainstream. Um, one that really has the ability to jettison partisan politics, to jettison opinions and, uh, you know, dissents and disputations and separate. They manage just to say, look, let's embrace everyone's efforts. Let's work together. Let's get this job done. And I really commend their leadership, their style, their effort, their involvement, their solution-oriented um, efforts. I, I don't really know how to – I don't know really how to focus on it more, but I, I'm just so impressed with Pete Sapp, with an NTU, the organization, the research they do at, at the think tank level, the reporting uh, job that they do in terms of, you know what, letting us know really uh, their assessment of your congressmen and senators and how – taxpayer friendly they are all the way to their breaking down all the spending that goes on to determine what it means for you and me as taxpayers uh, from their national efforts all the way down to their local efforts on your local level they'll help fund and partner with and provide materials and research and and support for you locally if you create your own organization to stand um, for tax reform for solutions I don't know of a better organization I really don't they're just tremendous it's just uh, amazing, uh, in my opinion, about what they do, how they go about it, the bringing people together. I mean, that's kind of one of the other things that's so critical is that, you know what, they're not into divisionary tactics. They want to include everyone. It's just amazing to watch. I just commend Pete Seff. What a, what a real hero in America. We need more people like Pete, more organizations like ntu.org they're just phenomenal anyway uh, a little more recap of saturday's broadcast i didn't have a chance to get to it because lowell had so many topics and now pete's just tearing it up doing a phenomenal job i want your guests i want the guests and the partners and the co-hosts to really um have their say when they're on the radio this is the round table it's not just sam bushman talking to you hopefully i'm one of the people that have uh, influence for better, obviously, but really it's about bringing these people to the table and helping them rock and roll with the content that they're working on, the efforts they're making. Because when you listen to all the different people on the on Liberty Roundtable, you go, wow, it isn't just Sam. This is about the National Taxpayers Union. This is about Campaign for Liberty. This is about Gun Owners of America. This is about the Eagle Forum. This is about, and you go on and on and on to all these groups. That's what the roundtable is designed to promote and bring forward to you. It isn't just Sam Babylon. You probably hear enough of that anyway. Uh, but it is about all this work being done by so many great people, so many great organizations, and I'm just grateful to be kind of part of it, uh, whether it's the National Taxpayers Union, whether it's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, whether it's promoting Bridie on TV and the great work done by the Health Ranger Mike Adams and the incredible work done by Alan Keyes and the work done by I – mean, we're just going on and on and on with the people, right? whether it's citizen reporters like Chris Carlson bringing information to the table, uh, whether it's people like Scott Bradley doing a phenomenal job, Jim Babka uh, from Downsize DC. We're talking about uh, James or Jim Clymer, James N. Clymer uh, with the Constitution Party. I mean, we bring it all to you, baby. It's news the networks refuse to use for a reason. They're not willing to do this. Oh, I forgot about the John Birch Society, the New American. I, mean, I can go on and on uh, with people like Alex Newman. Uh, and uh, people uh, that are just doing a great job, right? I mean, they're just endless. Eldon Stahl, field coordinator, joining us as well. Alex Newman, just so many great people doing such a – Joel Scowson, World Affairs Brief. The people are endless. 
the efforts are incredible. The involvement is amazing, and the solutions are front and center. That's who we are. That's what we do on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, recap. We talked on Saturday about jury finds Kyle Rittenhouse innocent of all. Let me say that again. Innocent of all charges. Jury finds a clear case of self-defense. Now, there's some people that don't want that. They want to rage and riot and pillage and plunder and melt down, and they want to investigate it again. Ladies and gentlemen, the judge was there. He's a well-known judge. He's been around for a long time, and he literally ran a great courtroom. And the jury saw the truth. That You know what? It's a sad tale to tell. But now what you've got is the mainstream press lying about Kyle, lying about the facts of the case, just to ab nauseum. Just misinformation about Kyle Rittenhouse, case floods social media and TV networks. Now, this is really important. Really, really important, ladies and gentlemen, because remember, the mainstream press uh, and the new media, social media, I should say, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all that, they want you to believe that we're under uh, fake news. We're telling lies and not, not telling the real news. So they got to shut Sam Bushman down, right? But now you've literally got the social media and the TV networks all involved in misinformation about Kyle Rittenhouse and the case here. Okay? But no one's shutting them down. Misinformation about Kyle Rittenhouse case floods social media and TV networks. Zachary Steeper with the news on this, ladies and gentlemen. The Epic Times dot com with the reporting doing a great job by the way all right they say kyle rittenhouse shot three black men lie 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 stop kyle was white and he shot white men all right they say he traveled across state lines with a gun he had an ak-47 these are three examples of false information being spread about rittenhouse who was listen innocent of all charges according to the jury and the judge he was acquitted okay prominent influencers including lawmakers and reporters believe it or not are sources of some of the misinformation possibly disinformation leaving people troubled on cbs's face the nation on sunday reporter mark strassman falsely said that rittenhouse drove in from Illinois armed for battle. On CNN's Cuomo Primetime, Harvard University's Professor Cornell Williams, Brooks falsely said that he was carrying an AK-47. The Independent falsely reported late last week that Rittenhouse shot three black men. Those are your sources of the false information. Rittenhouse was 17 years old at the time. Shot three men, two fatally with an AR-15 in Kenosha, Wisconsin on August 25th, 2020, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happened. All were white, as is written house. Okay, this is not a racial discussion. The gun was bought by a friend who was picked up by the teenager who resided in Illinois from a home in Kenosha. Rittenhouse claimed self-defense, and the jury agreed clearing him of all charges 
after video footage and witness testimony during the trial or during the trial show that he was literally attacked by all three men. Yeah, as soon as this happened, the mainstream press went into overdrive and lied. They created a narrative that would work with their particular preferred narrative. But as we now know, that led to a good many number of mischaracterizations and what some would say errors at the time. I would say lies at the time. Okay? By now, those media outlets are so committed to their narrative that they can't drag themselves to correct previous errors or provide accurate details. Now, this not only reflects that some media outlets work with, quote, predetermined ideological narratives, but they are also too lazy and or unwilling to report facts as provided in the actual trial. Wow. Think about that. Ladies and gentlemen, there has been false and malicious press coverage intended to fit this ideological narrative. On balance, ladies and gentlemen, the press has been a destructive force on this story from its beginnings. Yeah. Think about that, folks. Rittenhouse shot the men during riots that followed the police shooting of Jacob Blake in the same city. Now, Jacob Blake was black, and they did shoot him, and it was wrong. Blake was armed with a knife, though. And video footage shows that he resisted arrest while he had a knife. And a previous girlfriend had accused him of sexual assault. That's what the cops have to deal with here, folks. Hang tight. News the networks refused to use straight ahead. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march that is why we pray, and that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. 
American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Some would say misinformation. I would say intentional deception about Kyle Rittenhouse floods social media and the TV networks, ladies and gentlemen. And here's my question. Uh, Are Facebook and Twitter going to shut down the TV networks accounts who are peddling this misinformation? Are they going to go ahead and police this like they are everything else? I think not. That's the reality check, ladies and gentlemen. Zachary Stieber with the Epic Times doing a great job breaking this down and highlighting the misinformation. Now, the networks have an opportunity to correct their misinformation if it was truly inadvertent, as some want you to believe. I say it was intentional, and the proof is they're not going to correct it. The proof is they're not going to backtrack and say, oh, my goodness, we're so sorry we didn't get this correct. That's not the facts. They're not going to do that. How do I know? Because they're still spinning lies even after the jury said innocent of all charges, not guilty of all charges. You would think that the misinformation would stop then and go, okay, wait a minute. But no, they're doubling down and rioting everywhere in the country now. You don't believe me? All right, check this out. Massive armed mob loots Nordstrom's. The Nordstrom department store, it was so bad bystanders, describe the chaos. I kid you not, ladies and gentlemen. Massive armed mob loots loots Nordstrom department store. Bystanders describe the chaos. Jack Davis with the Western Journal with the piece. They say like a swarm of locusts with working with tactical precision. A mob of looters ransacked a California department store on Saturday night. About 80 people, they say, flooded the Nordstrom's. In Walnut Creek, just outside, they say San Francisco, but it's really just out right outside of Oakland, California, by the way. But about 80 people flooded the Nordstrom store in Walnut Creek, California, police told NBC. Wow. And they say about 25 vehicles, cars just blocked the street while they, the 80 plus people rushed inside, making off with goods before speeding off. I guess they were armed to the teeth with crowbars. Some people got hurt. Yeah. Two people were arrested at gunpoint, but there's this flash mob of destruction going on. They're taking advantage of these, um, I don't know what you want to call them, court cases and situations where they're not pleased with the outcome. Even Kyle Rittenhouse says he backs Black Lives Matter. Kyle, I don't mean to be offensive, but oh, poor dear boy, you're so ignorant. The Black Lives Matter people are the ones committing the carnage all across the country. The Black Lives Matter and the Antifa are the reason that you had to go ahead and shoot some people to stop them from abusing you, that you had to enact your self-defense, God-given, inalienable right. Okay? Um, This is serious business, though. So while Kyle Rittenhouse goes free because he's innocent, while Sam Bushman promotes a clarion call for civility, 
callforcivility.com, the website, if you want to learn more about our efforts there. You literally have Joe Biden spending us into oblivion. You have misinformation about Kyle Rittenhouse being ignored by the same people that shut us down, claiming we're guilty of misinformation. While you have a massive armed mob looting peaceful department stores. Now, listen, Walnut Creek, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is not your hood. I've been to Walnut Creek many, many times, and I'm telling you, it's a very nice area of Northern California. And how you get this massive armed mob, 80 people, 25 cars involved. Bystanders have to describe the chaos. Tactical precision. Uh, Folks, I don't know how to respond to this exactly. I I don't know how to really even respond to this. 80 people, about 25 cars were involved. Just blocked the street and rushed into the Nordstrom's, making off with goods before getting in cars and just speeding away, folks. Okay, we are in a serious, serious problem in America. This is a peaceful, wealthy area. This isn't like the hood and it went, you know, awry. Massive armed mob loots Nordstrom department store. I don't even know how to respond to this. Like a swarm of locusts working with tactical precision. This, I don't know how to respond to this. Wow. About 80 people flooded the Nordstrom store. Wow. I don't even know how to really respond. Because what is next in America? And this is kind of what I mean when I talk about what's next in the let's go Brandon idea. Or the Kamala's a whore idea. Or the let's put stickers on gas pumps and violate people's private property. And now this. What's next? Where do we go? Uh, Is Walnut Creek one of the places they decide to have less cops or what? But how do you fend off when 80 people roll in there with crowbars and such, armed to the teeth, 25 cars blocking the entrance? It's like we're going to take over and then we're going to bail. Wow. Wow. I don't really know how to respond to this. But there you have it. All right, COVID vaccine deaths, ladies and gentlemen, are out of control. They say COVID vaccine deaths and injuries explode. 30,000 COVID vaccine deaths um, are reported in a European database. And there's 18,000 on the CDC's site for fatalities in the United States. Artmorewnd.com with this piece. But they say a total of 30,551 fatalities and 1.1 million adverse events due to COVID-19 vaccines have been reported by the European Union's official database. Whoa. The European, quote, medicine, medicine agency 
sites figures through November the 13th. And they say it's from reports related to the Pfizer, the Moderna, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines. The U.S. reporting site, the VARS database, the CDC's adverse offense, events reporting system literally reports, listen to me carefully, 18,000-plus deaths and 1.7 million adverse reactions to vaccinations to date and growing by the hour. The U.S. Health and Human Services Department points out that a VARS report is not documentation that a link has been established between a vaccine and an event. Why? Because people report the VARS by themselves. However, remember that they also have to admit that VARS is a, quote, passive system of reporting and that it receives reports from only a small fraction of actual adverse offense. Many doctors and physicians are now nurses, etc., are saying that they've been instructed by their superiors not to report to VARS any harm caused by COVID vaccines. Wow. Now, furthermore, even VARS, which compiles some of the data on VARS, points to an analysis basically done that shows, let's see, I guess it's called VD access, and they even point to the fact that only 1% of the uh, adverse reactions and the deaths are reported. Folks, this is serious. This is serious indeed. Wow. I don't know how to respond to this. When you only deal with 1% of the vaccine injuries, it's pretty scary. What's worse? They say that the global uh, World Health Organization has a database. So now you got the European database, the American database, and the World Health Organization global database. Um, and this database by the World Health Organization has recorded more than 2.5 million adverse events from COVID-19 vaccines. What do you think of that, folks? By the way, last year, America's doctors, nurses, and paramedics were celebrated as frontline heroes. Today, these heroes are considered rebels, conspiracy theorists. It's just, wow. They even call them potential terrorists. They're all considered so dangerous as to merit determination. Wow, I don't know how to respond to all this, folks, except to say this, COVID-19 deaths and injuries explode, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, our prayers are with that America's doctors, nurses, those people that were called heroes before, it's our prayer that they are remembered as heroes today. The epic battle over force versus agency is front and center whether it be vaccines whether it be federal ids whether it be your right to keep and bear arms whether it be i mean there's so many fault lines at the center of this discussion in america americans are divided more than ever before because of what's going on in the country 
All right, Facebook and Twitter, for example, are silent on whether Kyle Rittenhouse supporters and support is still banned on their systems. We talked uh, on Saturday about Donald Trump. His team is launching a brand new ad that I don't really see the value of. I don't understand. It's just kind of like, hey, Joe's bad. Consider um, not letting Joe continue. Okay. What is the call to action in Trump's ad, I would ask? That was Saturday's broadcast. Ron Paul and Sam Bushman endorse Ammon Bundy for governor of Idaho. And Ammon Bundy provides five radio commercials, which you've added to our lineup. We added Trump's commercial to our lineup as well. But Ammon Bundy provides an educational message in all five of his ads tied directly to a clear solution-oriented call to action, folks. All right, that's important. VoteBundy.com is the website where he ties it to the direct action. Now, the IRS seized $3.5 billion in cryptocurrency in 2021, and they expect they're going to gather more in 2022. So much for your security, your I'm sorry, your um, cryptocurrency being safe from government, huh? So much for you can't find out who's sending it and whatever. It's transparent transactionally, but it's uh, decentralized and government can't get their hands on it. They've been doing the two to three point five billion in twenty twenty one and they're expecting more in twenty twenty two. So don't dip your toe in the crypto, that's all I gotta say. Ladies and gentlemen, solutions are always available on your radio, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. Celebrate Thanksgiving all week long, will you please? Ladies and gentlemen, we the people along with the grace of the Almighty, can and will restore America. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.